0: The following was recorded at New Church in Ventura, California. Pastor Jesse Giglio is speaking. Last weekend, Amy and I weren't here. Obviously, if you were here, uh, we did a wedding up in in Yosemite. It's really fun. Some friends they've they've probably come here once or twice, and um, I'd officiated the wedding. Amy was coordinating it, and it was up in 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 Yosemite Valley. And the kind of cool thing about this wedding, I mean, your Yosemite's just great as is. I've never done a wedding there, but we're going in and, and kind of planning it out. And <clears throat> the bride knew somebody who worked at, uh, what was the Awani or the Yosemite Lodge. We've been down in the valley, just this beautiful hotel and there's just wedding grounds. It's just picturesque. And she had kind of talked with her friend. He said, yeah, you can you know, just kind of go out on the lawn and if you're small, just just kind of do it. Because you can do that or you can pay $30,000 to the hotel and have them set up chairs. And like, nah, we'll just do it ourselves. And so, okay, so that's, that'll be the kind of plan. And Amy and I have done some work with them, and how you know we'll get in and, and where we'll go. And it's just a family wedding, 20, 30 people, and you know we'll have like a little bit of music, just a just a jam box, and simple photographer, and just standing. And I'll do this this sort of wedding. <clears throat> and a couple of days before, we will trying to confirm, like, okay, so we're gonna be okay to go down on this on this wedding ground. And I can't think, think the bride, or maybe Amy called the the contact and said, hey, you know. We're coming down a couple days. just want to make sure it's okay. Like, when we get there, should we come find you and talk to you? And he's like, oh, no, I won't be around. Do not mention my name. I'm like, wait, what? He's like, yeah, like, don't say anything. Just do it. And you're like, whoa. Like, all of a sudden, it felt like we're kind of just like, this is going to be, is this illegal? What's happening here? What? How is this How is this wedding going to go down? And so we sort of had that, like, okay, what's this going to look like when we get into this, into the valley and get to the hotel? And And we were kind of in, like... You know, mission impossible mode. Like, all right, let's break up. Don't all come in at once. You go to that bathroom. The dad's gonna put down some, you know, a blanket on the floor so the bride can change. Or we'll come around the back and like we'll hide the stuff we're bringing in. And it was this full kind of mission to get to get in there because we didn't know. We didn't know if like we had to be looking over our shoulder or if it was just gonna be okay. But the fact that the guys like do not mention my name is sort of like tips you off that okay, this could be a little bit of trouble. And so I rally the 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 group of people who are there. Uh, before the you know before the bride comes down, and it's like the first time I was just kind of having the breakdown. Here's how the ceremony is gonna go. This this is gonna happen, and she doesn't want photography. And if security comes, you get ready to run. We're gonna move over here. So it's this this other sort of idea playing through my mind. And the night before, and Amy can tell you, I'm going through my notes like, oh my gosh, like okay. So if if security comes running. How do we do this? Do we move to another place? If we're at a certain point in the sermon or the message, then I'm just going to like cut to the end or like you do, you do. Okay, you're married. Go. It it was this interesting experience, this full guerrilla wedding. You know, I'm like, I feel like I'm like the Banksy of of weddings now. And like, if you want to do one, I'm, I'm game. I'll do Disneyland, wherever. Let's do this. But it was just kind of a little, a little bit exciting, but a little bit nerve-wracking because it was obviously super important. And so I'm getting the people I'm like, okay, if they show up, you know, we need a diversion. You brother-in-law, take off your clothes and run across that meadow, go streaking. And the brother-in-law would have done it. I think he did it the, the next night anyway. But it was just, it was this sort of fun kind of experiment. And and it went, we we ended up getting there, and the dad comes down, just amazing underneath the trees, and a little off to the side and quiet, and just this beautiful, beautiful exchange of this couple. Saw a couple of photos from it from the photographer, and uh, it's, it's just incredible. This sort of fairy tale wedding, and then the, the next night there's reception out on this kind of ranch property with lights. And and if you've been to these weddings, right? And, and weddings hopefully all have this to some extent. Or they they have this sort of fairy tale look to them, especially the pictures afterwards. Like it was fun, but then you look back, like dang, that was really good. Like my wedding was amazing, you, and the memories come back, and people are dressed up. And, and you have this this sort of picture of this thing that we treasure and we should treasure that thing. But one of the things I noticed working with my wife on this wedding, who's the wedding coordinator, is like weddings don't just happen by themselves. Like they take a lot of work. There is a lot of work in planning on it. And these fairy tales, fairy tales are made on work, not wishes. And that's sort of the thing we'll kind of hang out on today. Fairy tales are made on work, not wishes. And so when you kind of look at these, these pictures from a distance, or if you're planning a wedding or, or even an event or other things in your life, like, Man, I want it to be like that. I just wish it could be like that. Like, that doesn't really make it happen. It doesn't make it happen. And there's just a lot of work and, and effort and a grind and sacrifice that goes into making these events special, these, these seasons of our life special. You know, I'm up in, in this Yosemite Valley for a few days. I'm thinking, all right, we're going to get in some hikes. I'm going to go down the lake and, and see Seth and Allison. We'll, we'll have lunch here. And Amy's like, oh, no, you're not. You're, you're with me. I'm like, well, what are we doing, you know, the next morning? We're setting up lights. What about we're setting up chairs and tables? Well, we have. What about this? Well, we have to be at dessert with the family. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is killing my soul. Is this all this stuff? Because there's just all this stuff that has to get done. We have to talk to the, the caterer, and we have to, you know, break break down. Like even the next morning, I'm like, hey, can we leave? Like, no, we have to clean up. Like, oh my gosh, this stuff has to happen. The grind has to happen. The cleanup has to happen. The setup has to happen. You know, everybody wants that event, but nobody wants to set up. You know, the chairs and tables, sort of the. The food revolution, you know, no one wants to be in the kitchen. Everyone wants a, wants a revolution, though. So there's this idea. There's this work that needs to be done, and there's work in our relationships that need to be done. I was at the bar yesterday serving, and there's this, this guy there, we know, fairly regular. and like, how's it going? He's like, well, so-and-so and I separated. I'm like, oh, wow, sorry. I, maybe I missed that. I was like, no, it's super fresh. It's like it just happened. And I don't know if he came to the bar to talk to me. He might have. People do that now. Like, oh, the good Jesse's in there. I'll come and talk to him. And I'm like, man, is that is that like a good thing? He's like yeah, it's the best thing to ever happen. I'm like, okay, I'm like trying to get my mind around this situation, and and he's like, well, well you know, he tells he has a kid involved, and there's this whole situation. Like, there's a next to him, he's like, well, the most important thing is that for the parents is that they're both happy, and it just wasn't quite the time to totally dig into that. But sometimes we 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 live that way. Like, well, I'm not happy, so forget it, right? Like, what what marriage would last at all if that's what we built it on? the moment I'm not really happy so I'm over it like it just doesn't work that way it takes some kind of work and grind and I don't know there's there are certain situations where it just doesn't work and, and I'm not talking about that but the sort of effortlessness sort of effortless way we sort of dismiss even deep relationships even friendships co-workers you know I'm this doesn't feel right I'm just gonna let it go and kind of passively aggressively just move away from things that maybe God's calling you back into whether that's your spouse Family member, I think we all have family members, or, or have had people close to us, like, you know, it's just easier to let that sort of just go away, and dive in and sort of do some work, and those are those are, those are are really key to any of our relationships with one another, and certainly in sort of the outside world, is the work that takes in, and the sort of fairy tale, letting the fairy tale go, you know what, there's more behind the fairy tale, mean the great fairy tale stories, the Disney stories, right, we've, we've kind of grown up with, my kids have been into, I mean, Cinderella, Aladdin, uh, whatever, Little Mermaid. Like, it's fun at the end, but the stories are full of conflict. They're full of full of, of evil and hurt and loss and heartbreak and, and danger and wondering if it's gonna get there. That's what makes a good story. If it started out with a wedding and then it was over, like nobody cares. But the fact that there's there's a fight involved and there's effort involved and it gets to that place. Is, is what, what what's, makes it magical. So the fairy tales are based, built on that work. And I would say this in our, out of scripture, a couple verses that had come to mind. It's no greater love than this is that one would lay down their life for a friend. And I always talk about this at a wedding. Lay down your life for a friend. Like this is greatest love. Lay, laying down your life is not easy. That's hard. It's painful. It's a bummer. To think about my life, like, oh man, I have to lay down my life, the things that are important to me, things that I value, my priority to lay, down, lay that down? Like, ugh. Man, that's like my final like, wedding charge. Like, that's, that's what it's about, the words of Jesus. You want to love your, your spouse, your neighbor, your, your, your co work people close to your family, friends. Like, there's no greater love than this, that one would lay down their life for a friend. That's hard work. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as if doing it for the Lord. Right? Our relationships take work. Work at it as if you're doing it for the Lord. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. Ephesians 4, 2 and 3. Humility, gentleness, patience, bearing with one another in love. It's like, it doesn't say it's just going to cruise. like, all right, get ready. Bearing one another. Like, bearing, bearing one another doesn't feel like the people I want to be around. Oh, man. If you can't bear somebody, that's somebody you don't like. Like, hey, listen. Even the people you don't like, bear with them in love. Like, it's like, don't like them and be uncomfortable, still do it in love, right? Sometimes there's people in our lives that we just need to work through in that way. And everybody wants these sort of results that nobody wants to work for. If We look for these these picturesque moments. I man, I want that. I want my life to look like that. But then it comes down to like, what do you have to do to get there? Yeah, like, eh, I don't Maybe I don't want it that bad. <laughs> most, most of us with exercise, they struggle. I mean, I love to be able to run further and faster and harder, but... I don't really like training, so I, I guess I'm not going to do that. And that's our relationships. I mean, I want my marriage to be better, well, but I don't really want to do A, B, and C. I don't want to put in the time. I don't want to have the honest conversations. I don't want to get in mentoring. I don't want to go to counseling. I don't want to read the book. I don't want to pray with my wife. I don't I don't want to give up this. But I wish I was like that. Genesis 2, <clears throat> cool sort of story, uh, a little post-off to, after the creation story, after the um Bible goes through these sort of six days of creation. Early Genesis, interesting. We won't get into it fully this morning, but it, the, the way it's written is somewhere between prose and poetry. So it's not fully historical like you'd read Leviticus or some of those Old Testament books, but it's not fully poetic like Psalms. It's somewhere in between. It's, it's, it's sort of very unique. It says this, The Lord took the man and put him in the garden of This is Genesis two fifteen. The Lord took the man, put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. So God has created created the earth. It's all good. It's beautiful. Animals, sunshine, uh, ocean, lakes, trees. The Lord commanded the man, "You are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For when you eat from it, you will certainly die." The Lord said to him, and the Lord said to him, "It's not good for the man to be alone." I will make a suitable helper for him. So this is sort of this early on Bible story. It's in paradise. He's in the garden, and this is great. And we've talked probably talked about this before. You've heard this. Heard this. If not, it's important. It's not good for man to be alone. Is very early on in Scripture. There's this recognition that people need people. Adam has, at this stage, had not sinned. He's with God. They're very close. Things are good. He lives in paradise, but God said, you know what? Something's not right here. He needs somebody with him. God said, this story needs people on people. There's just not enough story here if it's just him and me. That would be like the fairy tale. And everything's perfect in the garden. But there's no story story to it. He need people to walk out this story. It's not good for man to be alone. Now the Lord had formed out of the ground all the wild animals and all the birds in the sky. He brought them to the man to see what he would name them. And whatever the man called each living creature... That was his name. So the man gave names to all the livestock, the birds in the sky, and all the wild animals. But for Adam, no suitable suitable helper was found. So the Lord caused the man to fall into a big sleep. And while he was sleeping, he took one of the man's ribs and then closed up the place with flesh. And then the Lord made a woman from the rib. He had taken out of the man, brought her to the man. The man said, this is now bone of my bones, flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman for she was taken out of man. We'll come back to that of it's not good for man to be alone. and So Adam is in this place, and the opening narrative of Scripture addresses this need for relationship, and not just with God, with God but one another. And this is, this is just key to the story. The rest of the narrative of the Bible is about relationships. Very rarely do you see any parts of the Scripture that is just about a person, a man or woman, and God. It's about how they're interacting with the people around them. Sometimes that's their their intimate relationships, with their 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 spouse or spouses. Sometimes that's that's enemies. Sometimes that's friends or or coworkers or people you're laboring in ministry with. And you can go through the, the books of the Bible, and it's it is interpersonal relationships happening all over the place. And this is how the story is is told. And so Adam is in this place, and God reckons it, it's not good for him to be alone. Now Adam is busy at this time. He's he has work to do. He has work to do. And sometimes that can take our mind off the important things. Uh, you know, he's tending to the earth. It's this new thing. God starts bringing him the creation. God starts bringing him the animals, Sort of one by one, he's, he's, he's having these, these creatures line up. And it said, Adam was able to give names to all the lives of the birds of the sky and all the animals. And I have to imagine, and we don't know. And again, this is not always meant to be taken as literal. literal but it, it, what it says, there's a process of looking for something else. There's this, there's this time between him working the earth and when Eve arrived where, the, where God's bringing the animals. And I don't know how long that could have taken. It would have taken a long time if he actually had to name everything. We're all coming before him. There's this period of waiting and searching. And we've all been there. And if you've, if you've been married, and you, you might even forgot this, but you probably had a little period of waiting and searching. have been married for, for long enough. Like, what was that period like? Those are hard periods of life. Sometimes you're looking and waiting and searching. And if you're not married, like all right, you're, you're kind of in that mode, like all right, something hopefully will happen for me. Outside the relationship, that could be that could be a job, that could be just something different in your life that you don't even know what it is. But like there's something missing in my life because for Adam, there's something missing in his life. God wouldn't have gone through this effort, but there's this period of 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 waiting and looking, searching. There's a period of, of, of really of, of, of patience for Adam. There's time going by. He's giving this task. He said, no one was suitable. Right? There's no surprise to God. Like, oh man, I I was sure the cow would have worked perfect for this guy. The heck, because I got to do something else, right? But he's working Adam through this process for, for some reason. A God, I believe, is is of purpose. The this, the scripture includes this for purpose of this process of looking and said so there's an intention to what's coming. And the best relationships, and I would say this if you're looking, if you're, if you're searching, even if you're in a relationship, and maybe it just doesn't feel right and you're hoping for more, the best relationships are worth waiting for. And this relationship for Adam that was to come, like, yeah, it was obviously worth waiting for. became amazing to him. It was a perfect plan in, in, in God's authorship to provide this woman for him at this time. But sometimes it just takes a little bit of waiting. It comes when somebody's looking at others, this other stuff, like, you know, that's not right. It's got to st- stay the course God will eventually provide. It's relationships that can take waiting. And, 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 and love is, when we talk about Corinthians 13, the first thing that comes up is what? Love is Love is patient. Love is patient. And for some of us who are in a relationship, because you can be here with your spouse, even if you're already married, it isn't just about if you found the person or not. You have to be patient for your spouse. Maybe your spouse isn't even isn't there yet. Like I want them to to get. I hope they can get here. And and usually both spouses are thinking that. <laughs> Man, there's patience in love. There's patience. There's 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 value in waiting. Like let's let this thing let's let this thing process out a little bit. It will get there if we if we trust God if we're faithful to Him. It will get there. We'll get there. Relationships take waiting. A couple uh, weeks ago, probably a few weeks ago now, was Bella's birthday, and I think I mentioned went down to Disneyland, and uh, they met up. So my kids were there, and 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 two of their close friends from Orange County met us there, and and uh, I'm mostly happy to kind of tag along behind, let them do their thing, but I also like to hang out, so I like to be on the rides and 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 go go along with them. So we're cruising the park, and and I'm like, all right, I'm going to help you guys. I'm going to get some fast passes. You run ahead, do this, and we're kind of scattered, but I'll catch up to you and. I'm like, oh, we're gonna do Splash Mountain. I'm like, all right, I'm on Splash Mountain. I love Splash Mountain. That's like one of my favorite rides there. And so the kids take off to, to Splash Mountain, and I'm going to Star Tours to get them some fast passes with the, with the so they can get on earlier, you know, uh, quicker later on, and kind of working out the day. I'm like, oh, I'm gonna catch up to you, and I'm, and I'm calling like, where are you guys? They're like, we're in line. I'm like, all right, I'm coming, and I start like just heading to to Splash Mountain, and it's a typical if you've been there, you can picture it if you haven't. It's just a typical Disney like line, right? And and it was small, but it was just all these things to go back and forth through and over. And so, like, I'm calling Jed, and, like, he's not picking up, so I just call, like, a 100 times, and he picks up. Like, I know you heard me, dude. Pick up the phone. Because so I know Bella won't pick up the phone at all. I'm like, hey, where, where are you guys at? I'm almost there. I'm, like, going over, you know, over people, uh, over kids, and, like, going under lines. I'm, you know, telling security, like, hey, I, can I get through? and catch up with my family? And they're almost to the front where you can see the boats coming the logs coming, and I can see that, and I could see them toward the front of the line. I'm probably... 25 people deep and then it gets a little thick I'm like all right, okay I have to start shuffling through shuffle through and I'm waving like oh, I'm here I'm gonna make it and I fight through to the front I get to that point they had gotten in the line I'm like hey there's that's my party over there can I catch up to them and I get up to the sort of lines where, where you line up and and there's another worker. There's all these workers everywhere like what are you doing I'm like oh, can I get to get to my kids right there and they had just stepped up to the to the the next step on to get onto the the logs I'm like, can I catch up to my party? Can I get on that boat? And like, oh yeah, sure if there's room. And so I so I start getting up to the the boat and they're they're getting onto to the log and I'm like, one person behind. And they just all get on and the person closes the thing and they just take off. And I'm like, dude, what is happening? I'm right here. Like I just hustled through all these people, right? Bribe security, went back and forth over the fences and you're just taking off and I'm like, hello. And I'm just standing there watching them sort of go away. And the point is, healthy relationships should wait for other people. (laughs) Like, I know you're excited to move on, but I'm right here. I made it. And the worker comes up to me and, like, did you miss your party? I'm like, yeah, I missed my party. I'm sure you saw that. And, like, well, there's an exit over here. I'm like, well, I'd still like to ride the ride. And so I get on a ride by by myself with five other strangers. And... Man, I was just sort of crazy, but sometimes it just takes waiting. Like, I'm almost, that's a loving relationship. Like, oh, man, I I don't really, I'm here already. I just kind of want to go on. I don't have time to wait for you. Sometimes you have to wait, because maybe that person is just slow or lagging, or maybe they were serving you by getting fast pass tickets to Star Tours, and you shouldn't just leave them behind with your friends, just because it's your dad, and he's a little too old to hang out with you guys. But relationships, there, there's waiting in relationship. And as we work with our, 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 our spouses in that context of sort of Adam and Eve, as you work with family, you have to remember, okay, patience. Love is patient. Love is That doesn't mean just allow anything to happen all the time and don't work, be intentional. But love is patient. In relationships, it just takes patience. It just can take a while sometimes. It can take some waiting. It can take you know letting some people go in front of you to get on the right before the other person gets there. Relationships can just take take time. God says it's not good for man to be alone. and, and this is, this is important for Adam because Adam needs a person. We all need people. but it's also important for God as himself to tell his story because he tells it through people. And in his creation story, says, man is says, man and women are created in my image. And God's image is this community relationship, the, the triune God, the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit. It's a relationship. And so for God's, God's you know, for, I, I can't even be properly communicated with just one person. We need multiple people. We need a deep, deep relationships to help tell my story. And so God, he loves us. He, he, he deeply cares about us. He wants us to be happy. Uh, but he's God. He also has his own sort of agenda. He's allowed to have that. He wants his story to be told. He wants to be glorified. You know, I need people to be with one another because that will help tell my story. And I was reading this, this quote from a theologian, J.I. Packer, this week. It says this, The task of the church is to make the invisible kingdom visible through faithful Christian living and witness bearing. And this happens in community. This happens in family relationships. This happens in, in church. This happens how we live with one another. How do we see the invisible God the invisible the invisible community the invisible kingdom it's how we exist it's how we live. This is why people who, who say well I'm spiritually believing in God but I don't believe in church it doesn't really work it, it requires to dive in with other people who you like or don't like and there's you know different contexts around town it requires that it requires getting close. that helps the invisible Become visible. Okay. Adam says said this when the when the when Eve came before him, and we'll, we'll close with this. And we'll, we'll dive in a little more next week. We talked about this whole bone of my bones idea, and so he's foreseeably a, 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 we'll understand Adam to be some degree lonely, right? Like God's looking for him. I, I think Adam knows something's up. He's whether he can pinpoint or not, because he hasn't known of another person yet, so he doesn't really know what that is. He just knows something's missing, and he knows God's got him really busy, and he's doing all this stuff. He's tending the earth. He's he's seeing all these these animals come before him. There's something sort of missing in his in his soul and his in his heart as he as he looks out and he and he hangs out with the with creation. And Eve is Eve is brought into existence. and This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, for she was taken on man, which is kind of. Poetic in the time it doesn't really make sense, maybe to us, but it's really about man, this is the person, this is someone like me. And I read this one translation this week that I, I love, it summed it up real real short. The Living Bible just said this when Eve awoke, Adam said this, this is it. This is it. This is what I've been looking for. This is it exclamation point. This, this is it. I've been searching, I've been looking, I've been feeling empty, I've been missing out, and this is it. And if you're married, you had that moment. Somewhere, maybe it was way back when, maybe it was a few months ago or a couple years ago. Like, this is it. This is what I've been looking for. This is what I've been waiting for. This is what's been, been missing. Right? The, the classic, how do you know? You just know once in front. Of, this is it. This is it. And it's exciting. But it's all about how we understand that phrase. Because this is it can be taken a couple different ways. Like, this is it. This is life. This is me. This is this is a new day. This is grace. This is what I'm here for. There's an excitement about, this is it. Or it's like, this is it? This is it, huh? Right? But it's in the perspective of how you look at that. And man, if you've been, again, if you're in a, in a relationship with a spouse, there was that moment where there was an exclamation point. This is it. Finally, God has brought me this person. He's brought us together. I mean, years can go on? You're like, oh, this is it. This is my life now. And that's just honest. But it takes some work, and to go back to that beginning, it takes work to fight for that and remember that moment. Man, you think Adam and Eve didn't have problems after they, like, ruined the entire world? I, I I don't know how that this is, this is it, God, this is what you've given me. But in that moment when it was fresh and new and beautiful and exciting and it filled that that void and it's like, this is it. And when we walk through life, I I think we have that choice. Like, this is it. God's put me here. He's gracious. He's loving. He's given me everything I need. I'm going to live life to the fullest. I'm blessed. The people around me, with the people around me, and my family, and my and my spouse, and my job. This is it. I'm going to walk into this day. I'm going to be grateful and happy. When you wake up to that alarm clock, oh gosh, this is it. This is all there is. It's this perspective. And, it, and it's easy for that excitement to wear off o- over time. And that's, that obviously is something important to work on in our spousal relationships. So that certainly happens all over friends, jobs. When you meet these friends, it's funny. Like you feel like you meet certain friends, like these are going to be our friends for life. Like months later, you're just like, what happened to those people? Sometimes it just sort of wears off. That excitement wears off. It takes it just takes that work. It takes work to stick it out. We've all been disappointed. We've all shown up to something like, oh, man, this is, this is it. We had something built up in our minds. But again, if you're married, I, I have to believe there was that moment where it was this is it, exclamation point, in an exciting way. Not like rolling up to the hotel you booked online. You thought it was going to be awesome. You're like, oh, shoot, this is it. Like it's, it's different. It goes from this sort of, this most amazing thing in your life to just something you deal with. And we have to work on that to keep it, keep it up. I mean, tech is, tech is the, the is the, is a thing in our life that it, it, it starts out always exciting, the new tech, and it just falls, falls apart at the end. And, and, and tech's going to do that. It just changes. And it's, you know, it's it's Apple's iPhone this, and that's the most amazing thing on the planet that I'll camp out for. And then a year later, it's like the stupidest thing that doesn't work. I mean, the people in our lives are not tech. They are not things that we just upgrade and change over and throw out and put in a drawer somewhere or sell on eBay. Like, and that person in your life, those special people in your life, like, that is it. That is it. We'll close out, actually, there. Now you are going to come up. Um, we're gonna kind of continue to lean into that. And I also want to say again, if you're not married, I want to keep pushing on these relational areas of our life. We'll talk about friendship as well in this. But our marriages, and we'll just, I mean, marriages are they're a witness to the people around you, for sure, absolutely. And I don't think you have to be married to to do that, not at all. Those of us who have those marriage relationships or or have God's given or or chosen. and, we, Amy and I have some close friends who have never been married, and they're getting older, and they probably never will. They're serving God in in amazing ways, and they don't need to be married. They're not lacking anything if you're single. Like, you're not missing, you're not lacking anything. You're a little less than. People around you will probably put that pressure on you if you're you're single for too long. Married people always want single people to get married so they can suffer like marriage people or whatever. Or like, then you have to have kids, because like, oh, you have to have kids. (laughs) But but it doesn't matter. Single married, but if you're married, man, that is, you've already declared it, you've expressed it, you put that out in public. Now you need to fight and work and believe in those moments when that person showed up, like, oh my gosh, this is it. There's a leap in my soul. There you are. I've been looking for you. If you're married, you had that moment at some point. And then at some point, it's like, oh man, the La Quinta, this place is lame. God, thanks for who you are, for story, um, for grace. Thank you that love is patient. Um, I think that your love is patient, God, because we would have no chance without that. I pray for us. I just want to pray for couples, Lord, right now. And we've all been there. I think we could all identify in some way. There was that moment where your heart was captured and the world changed and your soul leapt. And then it just sort of started to turn gray and Maybe lifeless. I pray you would invigorate, revive relationships, Lord. Use us as a church to model your love, your grace, your commitment, sacrifice, your work. And Holy Spirit, we invite you even now as we close out. In Jesus' name, amen. The preceding was recorded at New Church in Ventura, California. Pastor Jesse Giglio was speaking. For more information about New Church, go to N-E-U-E-C-H-U-R-C-H dot com. That website address again is N-E-U-E-C-H-U-R-C-H dot com. Thanks for listening, and may God bless you and yours.